I was lucky enough to get a training camp gig with Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. Boom, got cut. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, right there, yeah. dagger to the heart. So within a week, literally seven days, I got cut from two of my biggest dreams ever. It's hard to listen to advice until you want to listen to advice. True. <laughs> Overwhelm with niceness. niceness. Did you get that? Overwhelm with niceness. And yep. I'm a big lover of life, so happiness is just my number one motto and, and key, I think. Pumped by Reebok, this is Under the Surface with Annalie Maley. Hello and welcome to Under the Surface. I'm your host, Annalie Maley, and I'm here with Sarah Blitzars. This is Pumped by Reebok. We're so happy to have you here. Sarah Blitzars, most commonly known as Sari Berry Fairy. Thank you, Annalie, for having me. Yeah, uh, she's in my phone as Sarah Berry Fairy. But um, before we start, we've got a gift for you. <gasps> Already? Yeah. Does that mean I just take the gift and leave? Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to do this. So. <laughs> um, these gifts, if you go to Chadston, you can get these very same things. There's the 30% off on their Black Friday sales the at the moment. The colourway. Yeah. The colourway. It's beautiful. Yeah. So Thank you, Annalise. You should be expecting to see Sarah rocking some of those Reebok pre-game fits, maybe uh, for the WNBL. Oh, no, thank you. That's awesome. I see you're rocking out your Reebok as well. Yeah, represent. Yeah. Every home game I wear them to the uh the little we do like the tunnel picks now i do see that so i fit Swaggy. myself out i walk in but here's a pro tip for the tunnel picks get a coffee so you always have something in your hand so you don't look awkward so you don't look awkward we don't take tunnel picks yeah. but we used to and i get that yeah i understand that so then yeah. your hands can look cute holding a coffee yeah rather than just standing there <laughs> The frozen. first coffee for the first game wasn't even mine because I found when I walked in, the first couple of picks I took, I threw up like gang signs. I was like, <laughs> no, what is no, this? No. I was like, yeah. And Regrets. then they went back and they were like, do you want to do that again? I was like, yeah, yeah, yes, please. And I grabbed someone else's coffee cup because <laughs> I was like, what is this? And why did I come upwards? Like, yeah, right? Yeah. It's either like, that or it's the piece. I'm oh, like, why am I doing this right now? Why? Yeah, why? anyway, so that's great. So just for the people that, don't know you get the, the spiel I mean I could probably do it pretty well she's an Olympian she's been to the WNBA she's got WNBL championships she's god she's done everything she's also a business owner but let's start let's start with the sports stuff and then we'll get into the life give us your your spiel who is my Sarah? spiel um I don't see myself as a basketball player but I guess I am because that's all I've really done my whole entire life um so I started at the ripe old age of 10 I think I started playing domestic wow I was doing athletics at the time <laughs> wow I was doing athletics at the time and um I honestly had aspirations of making the Olympics for athletics in the 1500 meters or the 400 meter hurdles that's so random very random yeah. um why I don't know <laughs> I look back at that now and I just think thank god I'm not in that anymore um decided to retire at age 14 I think <laughs> it was athletics. yeah it was like see individual sports I can't stand you sticking with the team stuff <laughs> I also imagine like hitting your shin on a hurdle would give the same oh, vibes as like raise a scooter correct to the shin. absolute yep. exact same vibes <laughs> yes that has happened many times too um and then yeah just the typical pathways that a lot of uh, I guess WBL players have had where they go to the institute of sport mm -hmm. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get picked up by Dandong Rangers back then uh, into the WNBL when I was 19. 
And then That's here wild. we are. How many seasons have you played in the WNBA? I have played, I'm playing 15. <gasps> wow! I'm a veteran. Let That's me hit you with this. This killed my soul. I'm the oldest on our team. I'm only 30. That's not that old. That's not old. Only 30. You're only 30. Right? You're not old. I'm not old. I was the middle of the pack last year yeah. at Flyers. Yeah. I'm the oldest on the team. And I get told that all the time. Oh, that's wild, man. And I feel that all the time, though. You know in what? the knees. You don't... <laughs> right in the knees. Only in the knees. You don't give... You don't give veteran vibes in the in the oldie way you know what i mean no, like in your head you think veteran and you think yeah that's what it is <laughs> great skincare that's what routine. it is but like that's wild 15 seasons what the hell yeah. where's the time gone i don't know i don't know but it's been a journey and i've enjoyed some of it most of it i'd like to say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean i'd like to think at least 50 percent. yeah right? at least like, i would say probably like 70% I would say yes <laughs> so that was your that's your quick little basketball blurb like you you very graciously didn't involve the WNBA or really the fact that you went to an Olympics in there we'll just you know we'll, we might get to that later but I think I want to before I kind of dial it back I want to ask who you are now outside of the sport what is what's going on in the outside life we know you have a business but talk to us about that side of your life yes um well I'm a big beacher and I'm a big lover of life so happiness is just my number one motto and and key I think and um I think just it's it's something that you've learned as you've gotten older, and I'm sure you can understand this as well. Mm. That you just hit a point where you're like, "Ah, why do we stress so much about yeah. putting like a dirty little rubber ball in a hoop?" <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it does my head in, and yeah. I'm sick of it doing my head in. Yeah. So to me, like the most important thing in life is relationships and family. That's huge, and just grounding yourself and doing what makes you happy. And so for me, I live in Geelong, and like that's what I'm all about over there. And um, just trying to be in the best mindset all the time and so I do things that make me happy I enjoy life and yeah started my own business so um, cool man. yeah which is fun and something new and different and exciting and trying to challenge myself in that aspect as well and yeah here we are so what's your business oh well yeah. tell me it's women's underwear it's mm-hmm. called Sarah Kirsty. so mm-hmm. first and middle name um, on the face of it as well. So I just thought very vain. Why not? Let's yep. throw myself out there. Makes sense. Um, and yeah, I was just, do you want the whole story? On yeah, that cre- how it was created. Go. Okay. Well, maybe like it would have been seven or eight years ago. I was with my manager and he's, oh, Bruce Cater should shout him out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was, uh, he sat down with me about, I, what are you going to do post-basketball? We need to think of all these things, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And back then I was like, nah, no way, ball is life. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the only thing I want to do ever, man. And it's true. And like yeah. at the time I, I'm so stubborn, I couldn't listen to anyone else anyway. So I was like, I have to be in charge of my own thing no matter what. Yeah. Um, sitting behind a computer for nine to five completely is not my thing. Not your thing. At all. So I was like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to like kind of run my own thing and at that time I was like let's do do underwear I just yeah. you know it's needed all the time I love being in it so I thought why not create something like that so I kind of came up with little designs back then like yeah. seven years ago I didn't realize it was that long that ago. long ago yeah and went to get a logo created actually started my Instagram account at that point it was by well. Sarah it was by wasn't Sarah. it I remember yeah, yeah, this yeah. Yeah. which I'm so grateful that's not a thing yeah. by Sarah is so like by Sarah I yeah. don't know <laughs> anyway um but then like I said at that time ball is life 
all my aspirations and dreams and motivations was basketball and trying to get somewhere with that. So it's really hard to try and build something when you're not that yeah, because all of your passion is in the one yeah, space. Yeah, And, like, starting a business, I imagine, takes a lot of passion yes. and energy, right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. So then um, I was lucky enough to get a training camp gig with Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA. And then, boom, got cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom. Right there. Yep. Dagger to the heart. Yep. Um, and at that time, I was obviously super passionate about basketball. I felt like I was in a really good spot where I was – just like hitting my potential, you know what I mean? So that right there was a massive punch in the face. Um, And then a week later, I got cut from the Australian Olympic team. So in quarantine. And I was in quarantine. So within a week, literally seven days, I got cut from two of my biggest dreams ever. And I was just... Damn. Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I was, had one week left in hotel quarantine. I was, I hate using this word, so I kind of put my name in front of it, but I was Sarah depressed. Yeah. I felt so worthless, mm-hmm. so pointless. Yeah. I just, like people were trying to call me that day, mum and dad. I couldn't even speak to them. I was just crying the whole time and yeah. sitting in bed. And I'm like, this is crazy because basketball, as you know, it's your whole identity. It's everything. It's yeah. everything. And when, you've, when you're when you that passionate about something and then it completely gets taken away from you and you're like... You're, and you're in quarantine. Yeah. You have none of your beach. Nothing. You have none of your plants no. and your crystals no, and the things nothing. that make you you. I was in a smaller box than this room here. Yeah. It was... A, oh, that. You yeah. couldn't even open a window. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I just... It's, it's like... You just don't know what to do with your life, you know? Yeah. And then and then you think if that's going to get cut straight away, you think you would never be able to make these teams again because mm-hmm. that was your one and only chance. Yeah. So you just go so negative on that. And then you're like, well, why am I even playing basketball right now, you yeah. know? Um, and then when I got out of – no, it actually happened that week. Yeah. It, last week of hotel quarantine, I finally got my shit together and spoke to Bruce, my manager, and I was like, no, nah, let's start, let's start um, creating my own business then give me a new aspiration, a new goal. Yeah. And I actually think getting cut from those two things and also creating a business has just given me a way better outlook on life as well. And realizing that basketball is not life, there's way more to it. And I'm just in such a great mental space now because of that. Yeah. Um, And having a distraction, I guess, on the other side. So I'm just trying to pick your brain here. When you're in hotel quarantine, you've just been cut by two things. What was the process to then find the the mindset or find the passion to be like all right I need to put this energy into something that will grow or something positive because I know for a lot of people that's the hardest first step is like they experience like being cut from something or they experience something hard in life it doesn't even have to be sport related Mm. do you remember what the steps for like your grieving and your brain process to be like I I need to put my creative energy into something positive I think it was just anger honestly I was so angry um and I, I feel like being in elite sport and being a professional athlete, you have that drive for greatness. Yeah. And and oh, this is going to sound so rude, but I just look at like, I don't even know what a normal person is, but I look at some people's lives and I'm like, it's so boring. Why <laughs> do you not want more? Yeah. You know, why do you not want to push yourselves or do more? Yeah. That's just how I'm wired. Yeah. So again, thinking about my life, I don't want to just go and like, sit and work in a cafe for the rest of my life and and just do nothing I have to do something that's a bit harder and more challenging or 
or something great, you yeah. know, not saying my business is great. It's nowhere near there yet, but like, that's what I'm striving for. That's what for. you're putting your energy into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just think I had that anger and then I just thought it's time to focus on something completely new. I don't know where the switch, like when it flicked on or something, I can't tell you the exact time, yeah. but I was like, no, nah, let's just do it. Like basketball's not life anymore. That's that chapter's over. Let's move on. Okay. So then at what point after you you made the decision to be like, all right, I'm going to put this energy into this business. And then you got a call saying you were going to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to Thank breeze you, over that. Cambridge. So I think you need to – how did that happen? Talk to how, what, what? Because, yeah, I remember this. I remember um, it was – I remember seeing that you got cut from Phoenix and then I was like – you were posting some stuff when you were in quarantine and then we saw that you got cut from – um, the opals and I remember standing with Marina being like Sarah can't be okay right yeah. now because she's in quarantine yeah. like how is she supposed to handle yeah. this deal with this like you were probably getting an influx of messages yeah. and then then you make the decision you know what business focus on this and then you get called to go to the Olympics so talk go. girlfriend this was the craziest time of my whole entire life it yeah. was like a two-month period of roller coaster of emotions I was a shambles yeah. like I cannot even describe how wild it was and like I've been totally honest about this in other podcasts that I've done and other interviews that I've done like I hated the Opals yeah I hated the Australian team yeah. and I wasn't even keen like I hadn't lost my passion for basketball which is good I went back into NBL one and I was still loving it yeah. and still playing yeah but I hated everything else yeah and literally I was just like nah fuck them I just don't care yeah I get the call up I started hearing like things were trickling out that About oh Liz has been yeah. a little bit of a shit human. Yeah. <laughs> Something's <laughs> happening over there. We heard there was a slapping. <laughs> I heard someone punched somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember as that information was coming out, everyone was like, "No, surely not. Surely not." And then there was footage. Yes. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Surely there was a slapping. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I started hearing that, and I kid you not. I knew I knew that I was an emergency and I knew that I was probably next in line and a whole part of me didn't want to get the call up yeah. at all. I was just like, oh, please don't call me. I don't want to go. Like I heard that Liz is going to leave the team, all this stuff. I was so anxious. I was so nervous. I was like, you know, playing yeah. with your fingers, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up getting a call from Sandy. Like I saw it on my phone and like, my heart kind of sank. It's yeah. crazy to think, yeah. right? Crazy to think. This well, is that's where you were, yeah. That's just where I was. Because, that's just the reality yeah, of it, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's not just because of getting cut from the Oz, but with the WNBA too, yeah. I just hated that kind and of... And COVID on top of it. Everything, yeah. everything. And so she called me. I remember her saying, oh, like, oh, you're going to come to Tokyo. And then she even said, oh, geez, you don't sound that excited. And I was just like, no, no, I am. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> yeah. And I hung up. Um, and then it was good because I had to, like, take 24 hours. I had yeah. to leave in, like, three days. But I needed that one, first one day yeah. to, like, get my shit together. Yeah. And I spoke to Dad. Um, like, I spoke to all my family. But Dad said, like, Sarah, it doesn't matter how you get to the Olympics. But once you're an Olympian, you're always an you're Olympian. You're an Olympian. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. Like this is going to be so cool for you no matter what. 
May I add, I was so underdone at that point. Like, yeah. I was so unfit. Like, yeah. I was doing a bare minimum. <laughs> I was not sharp you ju- at all. You just got out of quarantine yes, yeah. in a <laughs> box of a hotel room. Yeah. And for the next two months, I was like, woo, night's out. Let's yeah. go. Like, yeah. I just didn't care. Um, and so I think after I had a nap and <laughs> an eight-hour nap that night. <laughs> Once I had a nap, ate some food, I was like, I'm ready to make a decision. <laughs> Literally. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Dad's so right. Like, I get to go to the Olympics. That's yeah. so cool. Even better, I get. I don't have to do that awful one-month preparation <laughs> yeah. where you have to be so mentally switched on yeah. and do all that hard work. Yeah. I'm going for the best two weeks yep. of my life. So fun. Unreal. So yeah. I, like I said before, thanks, Liz Cambage, for like pissing off because I got to go to yeah. it and it ended up being the best two weeks of my life um poor girls like I went into that team and everyone at the start of the tournament was mentally drained you could just yeah. see it from everything that had happened so obviously it wasn't our best result but um yeah I just went there just for the vibes had a great time and ended up loving it which was good so yeah I think you can I mean I, I could definitely tell in that World Cup team, the love for the Opals was like refound for mm. everybody. It yeah. felt like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really a part of it before that, but it just felt like there was a lot of love there. Yeah. Um, and I, it was radiating off you, which is so different yeah. to like how that previous version of you was. Yeah. Like, I just remember like it was just such good vibes. Yeah. You are just good vibes. It's That's good just vibes. How it is. I mean, and so are you too, right? Yeah. And we were just there to have a good time. It and it was, it was awesome. And the culture was just way better. Like we'd worked on it, but yeah. everyone just enjoyed everyone's company. And I think, again, it was just a bunch of good humans and there was no massive egos I found. Yeah. So it was just really nice. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that I had sent in the other day, which I think you'd be really good at helping me answer, was about how do you deal with in a team and ha- like witnessing people cutting down other people that are being successful like in women's sport mm. like so the the question was around like her, her daughter and watching her team and things like that and it's like women don't seem to be happy for each other they when we don't. succeed yeah. what's your experience with that and how do you kind of counteract that within your own teams oh gosh i, I like that's tough yeah. that's such a tough question yeah um because I don't know if I actually have the answers to that. I think for me personally, you like, I guess the number one, the person that you need to listen to the most is the coach, right? That's the only opinion that really matters. Um, So if you're good at at ignoring people, then that's fine. You just do until the coach tells you to stop doing something, you just keep going with what you're doing, right? Um, And if people aren't happy for you, you switch your mentality to like that's a compliment, right? Yeah. If they're not happy for you, they're jealous. So you're clearly like, doing something right. Tall poppy syndrome yeah. is wild yeah. in Australia. Yeah. I think in female sport it's it's so bad. Yeah. Like why we are not trying to build each other up is unreal. I don't get it. Do you have like something maybe in like maybe in the team you're in now, like in the boomers, right? Like, do you notice things that people do when you're like yeah more of that like let's lift each other up Mm. like what do you do as a teammate to try and create that culture within your own team I guess I mean it stems from everyone individually like I've always been big on making sure everyone's confident and up and about Mm -hmm. but I'm not bullshitting people either so I'm not going to give you a a fake compliment yeah but I'm always going to let you know your positives and what you're doing well because losing confidence sucks I've been there 
So why, when you see someone getting attacked by a coach or, you know, by other players, yeah. it's like, no, nah, it's time to up- uplift that person. And then when you're relaxed and happy and confident, you just play your best basketball too. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it just stems from yourself. I mean, I'm such a strong believer in karma, so I would never tear anyone down because then I feel like that's going to happen to me or something bad will happen to me. And I just yeah. make sure that I'm a good human. And I think, you know, it's just individual... These teams, like you said with Perth, they're rare to find, right? Yeah. When you're on a team where everyone is, everyone gels yeah. and everyone's happy for each other. They're yeah. rare to find and you don't get to be a part of them that often. That's I think so special. It's so special. And I think I've been a part of like maybe two of those teams in my whole entire life. Yeah. Um, and, and it's such a nice feeling. So unfortunately, you're always going to have teams with shit people in the money egos and things like that yeah i'd like i was i was really thinking about this because i was like i it's hard because i would say to younger version of myself or young girl that sent in the question like if you can lift everyone up around you and be an example of how to build other people up then you would hope that people would follow but my second to that is but don't give too much of your own energy Mm. to where you're pouring from an empty cup so it's like a fine balance because you don't want to be the only person on the team that's trying to lift everyone up and then you're not getting that same thing yeah so it's like a it's a fine line right like because you hope right you hope it's infectious and for the most part in the right environments it is when you lift people up yeah they will lift you up yeah. and then it just becomes this really nice environment where it's you know and lifting people up and being supported doesn't always look like super happy positive all the time it can be holding people accountable it can be that type of thing but do you think there is a line between lifting each other up and then pouring out from an empty cup mm. oh, I don't know I just think you can't control everyone and you can't control how people react or yeah. other people's emotions. And if that's – you pick your people, right? Yeah. Like that's how you pick your friends. And I personally have removed quite a lot of people from my life that I have found drain my energy. Yeah. Or they don't reciprocate good vibes, you know? So I think – but again, it's hard when you're a junior because – you're still trying to be a part of a team and get somewhere in basketball and all this. And when you become an adult, you don't care as much. It's like, no, nah, see you, bye. Yeah, true. So it, it's definitely a difficult one. I just think it's it's all about not letting it affect you and you still be your nice self and you still maybe overwhelm that person with nice yeah. <laughs> niceness. Is that a word? Yeah, niceness. niceness. Yes. The niceness. Yeah. So then they just get so irritated that they almost have to accept it yeah. or then they piss off themselves and you yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah. I like that answer actually. <laughs> overwhelm with niceness. niceness. Did you get that? Overwhelm with niceness. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that? Um, okay. Then the kind of flowing on from there, what would your, like if you got a chance to speak to young baby Sarah. Young baby Sarah. Young baby Sarah. What would you say to her or what advice would you give to her as you know like a little little baby sarah what would you if you had the chance to have a conversation with her don't get addicted to hot chips seriously (laughs) seriously i love them so much sometimes i need to stop (laughs) that's my favorite answer i've ever gotten to that question don't get addicted to hot chips you hear that first i am though i love them not the hot chippies um it's hard. Oh, 
I love this question, but I also hate it at the same time. Yeah. Because I think you just need to go through stuff to actually understand and learn. So you could give as much advice as you want, but no one's going to listen to it until they're ready for it. You know what I mean? So I've grown up so much in the last few years when it comes to the whole mental aspect, but I would never be able to understand that when I was younger. Yeah. So for me, which I did anyway, is like, make sure you're always happy no matter what. If you're not happy doing something, it's not meant for you or you need to change your environment because as soon as you lose your happiness, everything is hard and everything is mentally draining. So that's massive. If we're doing um, basketball related, I would have told myself when I was younger, um, train differently and train like men. Yeah. Um, I think we do now, but I know growing up, we weren't balling out and we yeah. weren't doing all those skills. We were doing basic five spot shooting and yeah. one dribble jumpers. Yeah. So go on YouTube, find all these crazy workouts, train like that. Like I remember you and I before flyers training, we, we would do yeah. some indies of just being like at cones, pow, pow, pow. Yeah. Pow, 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 pow. Woo. Yeah. All that stuff. Pow, 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 <laughs> pow, pow. Yeah. All this crazy yeah. stuff. The fun and stuff. The fun stuff. And, yeah. and train differently all the time. Yeah. So if we're doing basketball, that just change it up, be different, be chaotic, that's yeah. where you learn the skills as well. That's where you grow. Yeah. You know, actually, that's a great segment to kind of go into. As females and, like, as younger girls as well, we're so heavily compared to our male counterparts, mm. right? Mm. So what do you think the main misconception about female athletes is, especially when it comes to basketball? Like, is you know, for, for me it was like that, we're like we're not fun to watch or that our our basketball isn't as good but like what do you think the main misconception is it's that right that oh you guys are crap you're nothing like the men we don't play like the men our style is completely different if you're wanting athletic dunks and one-on-one, not team basketball and no defense, go watch them. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. But we're tactical, you know. Yeah. We actually have to play with more smarts because we don't have the athleticism to yeah. naturally get up there and windmill dunk it. So yeah. we're playing differently, but you come and watch. And it's, it's exciting to watch because you have to run a play well for yeah. us to get a score. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, you have your one-on-ones and all that stuff. I mean, watch Perth Links. Yeah. You guys are full of transition <laughs> yeah, one-on-ones. Transition and one-on-one. We have yeah. scouted you already. <laughs> we play each other next week. Yeah. Two times in like two weeks. Anyway, I know, it's continue. wild. Yeah. I'm already tired thinking about it. Anyway. <laughs> so much travel. Anyway, sorry, digress, digress. Yes, I love it. Um, this is why we need a coffee beforehand. God so damn we can it. get all our weirdness out. Anyway. That's the point. Yes. Under the surface weirdness. It's just part of the whole scheme. Um, I lost my train of thought. That's totally fine. <laughs> I have a follow-up question for you. Great. So you have brothers. I do. So how do you find, like, the support from your brothers, who are also athletes, in the female sporting area? Because it's it's weird that, like, we need, as female athletes, we need the support of the men. Yeah. We need the support yeah. of the young boys. Yeah. We need to be seen as equals. Yeah. We, like... When I went to the Matildas game um, in Perth, like two weeks ago now, there were so many young boys at yeah. that game. You know how beautiful that was? I yep. was like, they don't know that there's male and female soccer. They just yep. see soccer. They see the Matildas and the Socceroos. And I'm like, as a sister with yeah. brothers, like how, what has your experience been like with your brothers and what, what would you encourage brothers and boys that have friends that are girls like, what would you encourage in them to do to encourage women's sport? Yeah. Um, I mean, just coming to games helps. It's yeah. super helpful. And then 
just about how they – like a great example is Chris, my yeah. oldest brother. He works at a sporting school, Western Heights in Geelong. Um, and so he coaches heaps of young women and men. And the way he has taught these young men – I'm calling them young men because they're, they're all – They've grown up so much. They're not boys and yeah. they respect women and they can put women on the pedestal. And, yeah. and Chris has helped in that aspect where it's like, wow, women's basketball is so exciting. So I actually go in and prior to the WNBL preseason, I was training against them and they had so much respect for me playing against them. And that I've never really felt before, like especially school kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of school kids can just be like, oh, I'm way better than you, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But they had so much respect for me. So I think it's just about trying to teach kids and teach the people or teach boys that you know, men that you know, that like we're just as good and we're just as elite and you have to respect us as well. But again, it's hard because, you know, not everyone thinks like that. Yeah. And it is what it is. But if they can just keep coming to the games, like my brother was at the game, um, Mark, he was at the game on... When did we play our first home game? Sunday, just gone. Yeah. And so that's great to see him there and supporting. He's yeah. terrible on his Instagram. He never posts anything. Yeah. So maybe if he could throw a post up every now and yeah. then that he's supporting me, that would be great. That would be but amazing. He loves it. Like he yeah. generally loves it. And he comes to a few games and he brings his friends as well and they yeah. all love it. So I think it's just getting it out and about and just um, teaching teaching guys that women can do just as well. How do you deal with the comparison? Like do you compare yourself to um, – I don't know, like the success that your brothers have had in their sporting spaces? No. Yeah. <laughs> I say this to Mark all the time. Like, yeah. you play for Geelong, I play for Australia. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. it was. There's no comparison here. I've been to an Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. You've yeah. got nothing on me. Yeah. Um, no, we're very – all three of us are very supportive with each mm-hmm. other, which is great. It, it's honestly, like, such a great family and growing up was such an awesome household. So – um, I'm very supportive of Mark and all his basketball games. I go to every single one of Chris's three-on-three games yeah. or anything. Like he's been doing triathlons and all that stuff. And I'll Seen go that. Watch. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love supporting them big time. Yeah. And, yeah, they make a good effort. Mark could be a bit better, but Chris makes a pretty good yeah. effort of coming to most of my games. But they do watch a lot at home as well. So, yeah, yeah we've, um, we've never compared. Um, if anything, I think we're quite supportive. Do you compare yourself to other athletes, like other basketball players, or even actually, do you compare yourself? I was just doing a solo episode on this. Do you compare yourself in your professional life? Like, have you found yourself comparing? And if you have, how have you kind of overcome that? Yeah, I used to a lot when I was younger. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah, this is so funny. I used to get quite jealous of players. So like yeah. maybe four years ago, if you killed it in a game and you're kind of my position, I'd be like, oh, I wish yeah. I was like that. Like yeah. why, you know? Yeah. Um, since getting cut, honestly, like I don't care anymore. I yeah. just want the best for everyone. So I'm, I'm messaging people, not even in my team, being like, oh, I hope you do well and like look at doing like this stuff and yeah. just trying to make everyone the best that they can be, you know, um, which I'm happy I'm out of that mental state because yeah. it kills you when you start getting jealous and you start comparing yourself to others, you yeah. know. So I'm not like that anymore. I honestly just don't care. And it's, it's only gotten to that point because of me getting cut from basketball yeah. from both those teams that I now am – in a much relaxed, happier state, you know what I mean? Like I have massive aspirations and goals as we all do of trying to make the Olympics next yeah. year and I really hope I do. But if I don't, it is what it is. Yeah. 
you know and as soon as you start trying to yeah compare yourself to others and that's not how you play you know you just stick with what you're good at and what you do and what you bring um business world yes I don't know how to not yeah that kills me but I've only just started and I'm learning so I need to just um just go with it and keep learning keep building and all that stuff but you can't help but look at other sites and get negative so I'm trying I don't know how to get over that if anyone has any tips let me know write it in I need to learn patience that's what it is yeah yeah (laughs) I think that um like what would be out of like the comparison game and like just trying to like get all of your stuff out there what would you be your biggest advice to people just wanting to start their own thing business wise yeah um well, I started from scratch. I've never done any uni courses or anything. Yeah. So I was really lucky where I just had good people around me that kind of knew what they were doing as well. So yeah. I seeked a lot of help and that I think is the biggest thing. Ask a lot of questions, seek a lot of help. Um, and don't think that you're annoying to others. Yeah. <laughs> I would just pester. My, my brother's girlfriend, Georgia, she was a part of Summer Skin and started Summer Skin um, for a long time and now she's running her another business in furniture and so mm-hmm. I just hassle her non-stop. Yeah, and ask the questions. Exactly yeah. right. You've got to ask. And they're always willing to help, which is great. And I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to ask questions or else how are you going to know? Yeah. So that would be the biggest I like thing. that. Yeah. I want to ask some questions in like the mental health space because like we've touched on it a little bit, um, but I think do you remember at a time in your career or your life, it can be sport-related mm. or not, that you experienced like your first bout with anxiety or like the first time you're like oh like I'm getting pretty anxious about this yeah yeah um massively so when I came back from my knee injury so I came back I think it was it would have been the start of 2019 yeah was when I came back um and that next WNBL season uh, I was super frazzled. I felt like my mind wasn't connected to my knee or my body and, and I was just out of whack. Mm-hmm. And then I would start to play, like I would try too hard, you know, that feeling yeah. of trying too hard that you feel out of control or you yeah. don't feel in touch with the ball or um, when you hold the ball and you try and shoot, you know how your fingers yeah. feel like nervous? They're, they're just not a part of they're you. They're not a part yeah. of it. And then you'll just launch the ball over the ring and yeah. all that stuff. Um, and so I was getting really worked up and then after games I would get quite upset with how I was playing and really, really negative and really down on myself, which doesn't help anyone. So I actually went and saw a sports psych. Okay. And I was seeing him like weekly throughout that whole WNBL season. It was unreal. Yeah. And we did quite a lot of visualisation. Um, so we would go to where he's, his place of work and there would be like this pod and he would put me in a borderline hypnosis and any game. So I remember specifically I, we played against Canberra Caps and I played woeful. I think I only scored one point. And so I would sit in this pod. He put me into a bit of a hypnosis and then he would get me visualizing my warm up, being there to the point where you could smell the basketball. Like That's so wild. It was unreal. And I'm just sitting there. I would sit there with the basketball in my hand. Yeah but I'd just be out of it. And then he would just make me um, relay any moves that I did. So I would do like a fake jab left, drive right, and I missed it. But in my head, I do it and I've made it. Okay. So at the end of this session, I feel like, no, the camera game was good. I played it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the power of the mind. It's it's wild. Um, And he taught me how to stay in that zone of not being too highly aroused, but not being too flat either. Because when you're too flat, 
you don't get the same. There's no yeah. energy. When you're too highly aroused, you're out of control. Yeah. So it was all about how I can get into this nice, happy space. Yeah. Um, you're not the first person that said that, actually. Yes. They're, yeah. They're never too high, never too low. Like, yes. Stay somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It yeah. took me a while. I still see my sports like all the time. So mm-hmm. I've been with him for like four years and I still see him all the time about things. But it, it's not about that anymore, which is good. I know how to get myself ready for games now and, and just being stable, which is nice. So I don't yeah. have that overwhelming anxiety that you would prior to games what was your injury um I went up for a layup at the end of 2017 and ruptured my ACL pulled the meniscus root off the bone and fractured my knee Woo! yeah all of the above (laughs) do you remember that moment like quite specifically or yeah oh my god it was so painful I remember people being like ACLs aren't painful like after two minutes it just goes wrong but yeah the ACL was probably fine it was was the meniscus root not being on my kneecap anymore all the fracture in the bone (laughs) could have been that yeah do you remember the moment when you were told exactly what it was like do you remember the feeling um well when I went into the change room they did all those tests and all this stuff I'd never had a big injury up until this point an occasional rolled ankle that was yeah. it I'd never I touch well I don't want to I don't even touch wood everyone anymore, touch wood but just room. for yeah. future reference yeah. oh, why do I say these things yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I've never been one to have massive injuries yeah. prior to this yeah um and so when I did it I was like, oh, no, it's just a dislocation. Like, yeah. it's fine. You know, I'll be right. Like, yeah. I'll be out for a little bit. But it was just a dislocated knee. And then my physio told dad, like, it's, it's most like an ACL. She picked it straight away. Yeah. And he took me home. And in the car on the way home, he said, like, straight up. I was like, no, no, it's probably just a dislocation. He goes, I'm pretty sure you've done your ACL. Like, just yeah. be prepared for that. Um, and getting told that, it was super overwhelming because – instantly your head goes to you're out for a whole entire 12 months yeah that's where your head goes to and I was playing some really good basketball at that point and had a really good chance of making the worlds for the Australian team the next year and so that was really tough knowing that that's in eight months time and you're gonna miss I might not be there for that yeah so that was really challenging um and and then I guess you just change your mentality, like silver linings, right? It is what it is and there's no point in being down about it anymore or else it's going to be a long process if you're going to be sad the whole time. So it's like... But how did you get to that? That's the part yeah. that like I think the like people listening, like there was a lot of questions written mm. in about injuries, post-injury. Yeah. How do you come back from a setback, that type of thing? If you can try and verbalise yeah. that process towards... silver lining how do you do it yeah um I've always had a good attitude like that and Chris has always helped me my oldest brother has always helped me with good positive attitude yeah and you just like I said I think I think I just already knew it it's like why be sad you know you're out for that long why would I want to just sit back and get annoyed every single day for 365 days yeah I just don't see the point, right? So it's like, how do you change your brain to think, what can I do to improve my basketball still at yeah. this point? So I was watching shitloads of film after that. Yeah. I never watched film. I started watching like NBL, WNBL, NBA, WNBA, all that stuff um, to try and make me smarter. I didn't really gym prior to um, that injury. Yeah. I would just gym the bare minimum to maintain my body and that was it. And yeah. so I really bought into gym and I became a stronger athlete. I became a way better three-point shooter because I was like, oh, well, now's a good time to, like, start again. Yeah. 
Um, Clean slate. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. And I get what you mean. Like, how do you get your mentality to that point? To that point, yeah. I don't know, except just changing it yourself. Just kind of jump in. Yeah. yeah. Jump in. Having a, a positive mindset rather than a negative one. If you're thinking that you're not going to get anywhere anymore after that, well, then you'll end up being like that. Do you think there's an element of like you fake it till you make it kind of like yes. you 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 see this injury and it could be any injury and you know the time that you have out and you can see all the things that you should be doing and you think I'm just going to try yeah do you think that's what it is you jump in and then like it's kind of persisting yeah yeah I would say so too and I was doing all the rehab perfectly and yeah. properly but in saying that I had nine setbacks that whole year I had yeah. two other surgeries on top of my first one so like I was doing well after three months, had to have another surgery. Doing well another three months, had to have another surgery. Yeah. So I had that many setbacks, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah. I'm that annoying person where when people just want to be sad or mellow and I'm yeah. like, you'll be right. I'm yeah. that kind of person, you yeah. know what I mean? So sometimes it can get annoying. That's no, the best type. <laughs> it's the best type. People need to be in their feels though. Yeah. And I definitely was. I definitely yeah, was. for sure. But I also surrounded myself. Well, naturally, like my family really positive anyway, but you just surround yourself with people that actually uplift you and see the brighter side in life yeah and those are the people in my life so so being that positive was quite easy for me so the how did you get to like trusting your body again that was the visualization Mm. stuff Mm. do you think that helped you in like your outside of sport life in your ability to handle just everyday things yeah I'd say so I definitely think so it was the hardest mental battle I've had that whole yeah. year, like it was challenging as um, when all you want to do is play. And especially after an ACL, your knee actually feels all right after six months. Yeah. Like if you don't know what's wrong with you and why you're not allowed to play when you're yeah. feeling fine, that's the tough part. So yeah. everyone goes through that when they've done the ACL. It's like, I'm fine. Why yeah. am I not allowed to play? And doctors and physios are like, you're not allowed to yet. You're just not allowed to yeah. all that stuff. Um, how what helped me is that what you said yeah uh, like Chris split halves <laughs> yeah actually massive plug to that guy because yeah. he I, not just you yeah. this man fixed my back yeah when I got back from college I could not touch my toes yeah I yeah. had three circumferential bulges couldn't touch my toes and I don't know what magic he like connected my brain with my body yeah. again yeah. he was amazing yeah. did the same for you and marina actually yeah he does yeah yeah just great um again surrounding yourself with good people i'm lucky that he's my brother and yeah. as soon as i did my knee this is wild he was commentating that game and he picked it straight away that weekend he signed himself up for an acl course to Ugh. yeah expand his knowledge on like because he was strength and conditioning at yeah. that point but that weekend he'd already signed up for an acl course so he knew what he's doing for when i came back so I'm lucky that I had good people in my so life. So cool. Yes, yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, exactly right. Damn. And also to help get through it, go on a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, a, I did a couple of those as well. A couple of those yeah. holidays. Well, you get so stuck in like rehab, 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 that it's like just go and chill out for a little bit. Circuit too. breakers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Okay, so looking forward for you, like if you were to say like, are you a goal person? Do you have goals? I do. I do in a way, yes. What's coming up for you? Um, or what are you focusing on at the moment? Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, I want to make the Olympics next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want in five years' time for my business, I could easily just fall into it and retire from basketball. Yeah. 
That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you think the important? And I want a beach shack. Oh, the beach shack is like the most important out Maybe of all of like actually. Point Road Night or something down Ooh, that way. Ooh, I love Point Road Night. Yeah. Or they have your mumsy down in OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So side side quest conversation here. My mum <laughs> all the time quest. tells me that she sees Sarah on the beach. Yes. And um, has now not only bought multiple sets of Sarah's underwear and sends me pictures of her wearing it, like, oh, I look so good in yes. this underwear. But she's now recruited all of her friends in the OG to be like, oh, do you guys know about this underwear? you got to get on this underwear. Kaz. So now mum and all of her friends, mm-hmm. whole friendship group, are wearing your underwear. Yes. <laughs> she has done a phenomenal job yeah. and she sent me those pictures. Yeah, I know. She told me, she was like, do you think it's a bit risque? And I was no. like, nah, mum, send it through. I want to post it, but yeah. I'm too nervous to ask it. So if she's listening to this, can I post it? Please? I think her answer will be yes. But, she looks um, hot as. She looks so good. She sent me a I was like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, what? Can you model for me next time, it's please? Unreal. Yes. Unreal. Yeah, also, I'm... I'm wearing it today. Yeah. Um, little Sarah Kirsties. Little Sarah Kirsties. They're kind of the best. Um, uh, where did my side quest go from there? Oh, yeah. Goals. There was Five years goals, time. Goals. 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 There, no, there was a couple of questions here about um, setting yourself up post-basketball. Advice. Advice. Time. Mm. For younger, younger athletes, younger girls, younger boys, younger boys, because sometimes they get stuck in yep. the just yep. the basketball thing. Yep. What's your advice to them about creating a larger sense of self and larger sense of career goals Mm. outside of just being on court? Again, it's hard to listen to advice until you want to listen to advice. True. So I knew I had to do stuff seven years ago. I didn't want to. Yeah. So that's why I mean until something happens to you, you'll just naturally realise. So I guess the best thing that you can do is just guide Yeah. and try and – usher them in a way yeah. towards that. Um, just knowing that your career can just end one day. Like yeah. you're playing sport and injury mm-hmm. or confidence yeah. or you're just, you've just had enough, it can just end one day. And at that point, what are you going to do? Yeah. So it's not necessarily like you need to, and I'm not an advocate for uni, I've never been, yeah. but I low-key think it's a waste of money unless yeah. you have to want to be a doctor or a lawyer. But yeah. other than that, I think, like, experience is the yeah, best thing. experience so, for sure. Yeah, and go go dabble. It will make you a better athlete by having something else to do on the side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even you doing this whole podcast stuff, it's like, yes, we're talking about basketball, but, like, you're, you're um, broadening your skills and talents yeah, exactly. as well in, in another field. So... You play. You played yesterday. You guys lost yesterday. But here you are thinking about this now. You're not yeah. even thinking about the game. So it's like having a distraction on the side. Put like dabble in a few areas and get work experience here, there, and everywhere, and and see what you like and what fields what you like. You don't necessarily have to study, but if you can just kind of experience. Oh yeah, you know what? Post basketball, I could potentially be a firefighter yeah or i could do this or i don't mind being here maybe i could like seek some experience here and i know a lot of clubs now are pretty good at helping with that stuff yeah abpa has all their own avenues and everything yeah yeah i think there's this like the way that i think about it as athletes we have a lot of passion Mm. Otherwise, how the hell are we doing this every day? We have a lot of passion i don't know where it comes from lots of people have different drivers and For me, the way that I think about this passion is we can drive it into other areas, like to create something. So for me, like playing basketball, I also need to have 
a passion outlet of creating something mm. could be this is like this is my baby I love these conversations yeah. this is like this is my energy but I think of when I walk off the court where is my creative energy going yeah. and if it's just sitting there being all dormant I usually then will switch back to then thinking about what I just did on the yeah. basketball court yeah. but if I finish and I'm thinking I need to create, I need to do something, I need to put my energy into something that's going to create something and whether it's starting a clothing line, whether it's underwear business, Mm. whether it's podcasting, whether it's, I don't know, I mean, I'm a massive reader, we know that, my fantasy (laughs) novels, but like if whatever it is, like being able to put your energy as athletes, all that passion into other places makes it easier to just exist in this high demand environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's definitely something that you need to get used to because you say like, where does this passion come from? Do you think it's because right from an early age, we went to the Institute of Sport and it was training, 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 training. So you've just learnt to be at that high level the whole time. So now when we try and take a break, like I know if I take a week off, I'm so uneasy and uncomfortable. Oh my God, right? I don't know what to do with myself. Right. I have one day off and I'm like... I think I need to go for a run. What is is an off day? I don't know. Why are we so bad at it? Yeah, exactly right. Actually, that's a great question. Why are we so bad at At time off? Time off because we're just so highly aroused and and adrenaline junkies almost playing at that level, training at level all the time that as soon as you stop, your body's like, where is, where is my fitness? Or why am I not moving? Or why am I not sore? I feel like that's what it is. Cause we're so, yeah, we're so drilled that way. It's the most uncomfortable thing. Like it is. Yeah. You go, you go away and you have two days off and I'm like, I can't sit for more than two hours. Like I need to go for a walk or go and do something. This is a great segue question actually. So how do you turn your brain off? (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually have the answers to this. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Tell us the answers to this. This is my favorite thing to do. This is so Sarah. You're going to love this. So Sarah. So I love, this is honestly my quickest way to switch off and it works for me. It might not work for everyone else, but for I'm me asking it does. You, this is your question. I will light a candle, light some incense, have my crystals out. I will water my plants because you've got to nurture other things as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll journal with good music. Like wow. Rye X, mm-hmm. Oof, he's got some good music too. Actually, you would really like him. I'll I mean, send you some songs yeah, after this. Yeah, Sarah's my music plug. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, follow me on Spotify, please, Sarah Doplitzar. <laughs> it's great. I've actually put other people onto your Spotify great. playlist. I love this. House yes. Raving is my favorite one. Anyway, <laughs> talking about how you turn That's your That's definitely off. not the one we listen to, no, though, no. while we're trying to switch off. Yeah. But journaling has just been one of my favorite activities, and I do that all the time. I just get all my thoughts out. I'm not talking about, dear diary, today I did yeah. this. It's like what I'm feeling, my emotions, what I go through, blah, 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 and then I always end on positive. But just zoning out, stretching, watering my plants, burning incense, um, listening to like Enigma, Ryax, good music. Yeah. And just like lying. My my lounge room in my house in Geelong is just like my little spiritual area. Yeah. I've got all that stuff, all my plants, everything. So I just love that whole just lying on the carpet there and just yeah. being present. Yeah. Yes. Do you use the Chase Your Greatness journal? I did at the start and I don't anymore. <laughs> I mean, yes, I use it every day. I use my journal I'm every day. Yeah. In saying that, because I was already a journaler. This is true. I didn't really necessarily need that because I wasn't really doing that stuff. I was yeah. doing my own way. I would plug that it helped me start journaling. 
there you so go. I started using the Chase Your Greatness yeah. journal to kind of train my brain to actually do it. Actually do it, yeah. And then now I feel like when I'm on the road and I don't have it, I can just journal. Like when I'm on a plane, yeah, yeah. when I fly back to Perth tonight, I'll journal and I like it taught me how to journal. Yes. Because it's really hard when you don't know how to write stuff down. Exactly right. And someone's like, here, journal, talk about your feelings. And you're like, mm. Dear diary, know, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, no, that's actually it's not it. You have to train your brain to be able to put everything down onto yeah. paper. That's the thing. You have to like people don't. You have to get into the habit of doing it, but you have yeah. to know what suits you best. And I'm gonna plug you here because you mm-hmm. started. It's so funny that you say Chris started because you started my journaling career. I'm, I'm gonna say two or three years ago. You said to me that you were writing down things that made you happy that day. Yeah. Yeah. Noticing the three things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started doing that as soon as you told me to do that, I started doing it right. So it would be every night I had my book next to my bed and then I would just write down, even if it was only one thing, you could have the worst day ever, but then you go, oof, that golden syrup coffee that I had this morning, Mm, that liquid drop was so yum. Yeah. That could be the only moment of happiness, but you write it down because then you go, oh, my day wasn't that bad. Yeah. My psychologist told me to do that. She said, eventually it trains your brain and like if you don't have the space to write it down actually this is a great tip for people Mm. listening if you don't have the space to write it down you can literally just say it out loud in a voice memo um three positive things or three good things that happened to you that day because then over a time of like period of two weeks your brain will then start to try and look for things yeah to write down later and yeah. then by training yourself to start to look for things you then start looking for happiness yeah it's like a hack it's, it's like so a biohack it's so good for like looking for positive yeah. things in the day like i remember one of my first things it was when i was like in a really down down space it was like i was trying to my psych was like write down three things that happened that day that was good and i was like i cried the whole day like what was like i don't i can't i can't like it's impossible yeah she's like it's possible find one thing and i my one thing the first day of doing that was um i liked the way that the my cup of tea felt really warm in my oh, hands. Oh, that's yes, that's so yeah, nice. That was my first thing. And see how it just made yeah, you smile there. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, that's such a nice. That was feeling. so nice. Yeah. And then like the next day, I like it grew from that to like um, something really silly. Like when I got out of the shower, I put on a fresh pair of socks. Yeah, it's a great feeling. Ooh. It's a great feeling. You know? I know. And, and so like today, I woke up and my eyebrows were in place. Yes, <laughs> nice, the best. <laughs> Um, but like, you know, I don't know, you just train your brain to doing that type of stuff. And I do think, um, for anyone listening, that's actually like, I, I should have said this way earlier Mm. though, that three things, it's like super important. Yeah. Like, but then you like, when you become an experienced journaler or meditator or whatever, you kind of naturally fall, fall into that pattern, pattern of noticing. Yeah. But it's like the art of noticing, right? And you know what's crazy? Just we're on this topic for a long time, no, but I love it so much. I'm, I'm such a big advocate for yeah. this stuff. People get – this is so crazy to me because I was like this too. When you first start journaling, people get embarrassed yeah. at their own thoughts. Yep. So people write it down. No one else is in the room. Yep. It's just them and their book and they read it and they're embarrassed. Yep. And it's just you. So yep. I think when you overcome that 
kind of fear of like, oh, I don't want to write that down because it's so embarrassing. And like, I guess it's confronting yourself and holding yourself accountable, Mm -hmm. writing how you feel. And you're like, oh, I feel like that. Yeah. Once you get over that. Being honest with yourself is harder than being honest with other people. But you get into the habit and it's so easy and it's so refreshing. When I'm frazzled or sad, I will then journal and I just feel amazing afterwards. It's actually the best. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So last last question. That's so lovely. Oh, it's such a nice... See, this is why we didn't need to have coffee beforehand (laughs) because this is our coffee. We should have brought coffee to this. Anyway, last question. What do you think that... Like, what's something about you that people don't know? Oh. Actually, that's my second last question. I've got another one after that. The fun facts. Um, How sentimental do you want? Do you want, like, just, anything? Anything. Do you want under the surface? Do you want on the surface? Give me both. Give me one of Like, my oldest brother, Chris, and I are born on the same day, Feb 15th but four years apart. You know, that fact, I thought they were twins for a really long time. Yes, a lot of people do. A lot of people do think that. Um, I like crystals. Yeah, I like wearing beads and crystals. Yep. Yes. Love that about you. But you I, you got me into crystals. Yay. She's a crystal girl. And you stole gal. my salt lamp. Yep. <laughs> I did steal your salt lamp. I stole it, I stole it at a Santa Snatch at the Flyers. She bought it for herself and she wanted to steal it and I stole it right yes. back. That's um, great. I still have that salt lamp in my house in Bendigo. There you go. Yeah, it's beautiful. Salt lamps are great. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I feel like most people know quite a lot about me. Okay. So this might help you answer this question. How do you think people see you versus who you actually are and do you think there's a gap between the two? Oh, that's really good. Um, I don't think people probably see me as very serious and I'm not, but I can actually like enter that kind of... You're deep. Deep realm, which we're kind of in anyway. Um, But honestly, like how you see me is literally how I am. Like I am bubbly and up and about and warm and welcoming well I would hope so you are I, I yeah. try and yeah I mean my parents raised me right and um I just like I said I'm a, a big advocate for confidence and happiness and positivity because the world can be so shit so yeah. it's nice to just have like some bright sunshine in your life right I think that there's a difference between being like the misconception of being like bubbly and fun and trying to enjoy yourself doesn't mean you're shallow yes you yeah know, you yeah. the two don't um exist mutually exclusive Mm. like being deep and Mm. being a thinker and a feeler Mm. and also being bubbly and happy and experiencing joy and being able to experience depth are not mutually exclusive yeah like they live together in this nice little realm which is really nice because like i do like we all get down and we all feel emotions and all that stuff but i just find quick ways to get out of it because i personally don't like being in that space you know what i mean so yeah it's all different. No, I love it. Well, God, I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. I really enjoyed for having this. me. This was really great. Yeah. And I also think that like the more conversations we can have as female athletes about our experiences and then also like humanizing the athlete, mm. like who you are, mm. like a lot of the questions are like athlete formed, but like it lets us know about who is Sarah? Yeah. Like you're in your 15th yeah. year of the WNBL and let's learn more about you as a person. Yeah. Like the your business, like so bloody cool, mm, man. Like it is you. so inspiring. It really is. Like I am a big supporter of people starting their new ventures. Yeah. Like as soon as you launched, I was like, I'm in. Yes. And I want. <laughs> and now I love them and yeah. it's like the only underwear I wear. And like I just think that I – 
I've, I mean, I watched you start playing when I was a junior. Yeah. And I've gotten to play with you yeah. now. And now we're on, like, it's just, it's really cool for me to have these experiences. Like, I've experienced Opal Sarah. Mm. I've experienced Southside Sarah. I'm now experiencing Boomer Sarah. Are and they like, different or are they the same? Nah, different. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're still, like, you're you. You're you. Yeah. You, you're just you're such a bubbly light person yeah. and it's really pleasant it is Thank you. and it's really you are an energy giver not an energy taker mm. and when I asked you that question of how I think how people see you versus who you actually are I think that everyone sees you as an energy giver yeah because that's who you are oh, that's very nice thanks I'm gonna go away so happy <laughs> that's what I'm here for <laughs> but anyway this this was under the Surface with Sarah Blitzars, your host, Annalie Maley, pumped by Reebok. And I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It's been great. <laughs>